0: They have buttery, soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com/slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Hi,
3: I'm Mel, and I'm Trish, and this is the Don't Give a 50 Podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, oh, as I you tell, say. I like that. Oh, I like that one yeah, too. That was mine. I think. <laughs> that was mine. Hi, 50ishers. It's Mel and Trish, hosts of the Don't Give a 50 podcast, a podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and don't give a 50. We're not slowing down. We're not ready to put on the handbrake. In fact, we're thriving and living our best lives. Trish, there was a lovely birthday message for you from Squirrel LJ. Oh, good old Squirrel. We love you, Squirrel. We love Squirrel. And she wrote, Happy birthday, Trish. Love you to bits and can't wait for the whole new year of listening to you each week. And the beautiful Mel, of course, too.
1: If only my <laughs> husband felt the same way. <laughs> of
3: course he does. Mm. Thanks for creating the 50ish tribe. Nice. And thank you, Squirrel LJ. We love our Love 50-ish you too, tribe.
1: Squirrel. Thanks for the birthday wish.
3: Trish and I are proud to be part of the 50ish Tribe and are inspired by the women around us doing incredible things in very diverse fields. It's one of the key motivating factors behind this podcast and drives us to get better at what we do every single week. And today we're thrilled to have Michelle Cross, aka Runa, back in the studio to chat with us along with her daughter, Josie. You know I love a nickname. Yes, yeah, yeah, you do. <coughs> Actually, you do Excuse love a nickname. Me. So just to refresh, Michelle along with her friend Michelle Hart, co-founded the Performer Studio to create quality education training to prepare emerging artists into industry-ready professionals, helping students reach an elite standard in the ever-changing industry of theatre and television. Michelle's daughter, Josie, is also hands-on, assisting with the running and teaching at the Performer Studio. But not stopping there, Michelle co-founded the Offside Theatre Company, established primarily in response to the need for Queensland-based actors to be able to have the opportunity to perform in Queensland. It is their intention to use this platform to share stories that need to be told through contemporary theatre, in particular, women's stories. The company is headed by three women, Love this, Trish. Love this. Two in their 50s and their the Josie, if she's not off performing somewhere, gallivanting as well, as we all yes. learn very soon. working and gallivanting. Mm-hmm. I love gallivanting. So let's introduce Michelle's daughter, Josie. She's an emerging Australian actor with a degree in fine arts and acting from QUT, or Queensland University of Technology, and a recipient of the Vice-Chancellor's Scholarship. She signed with Cameron's Management in Sydney following her graduation and has performed in a range of musical theatre, film television productions. Most recently, Josie has featured in the 2022 film Elvis, directed by Baz Luhrmann. She's developed a new piece of work at La Boite Theatre as part of the assembly program and now stars in Sexual Misconduct of the Middle Classes. It marks Josie's professional theatre debut and the play is the topic of our chat today. Hello and welcome to Don't Give a 50, Michelle and Josie.
1: Hello. Hi. <laughs> so, just
3: in reference to that Thailand oh, comment, well, Josie before is sitting
1: here, glazed eyes. <laughs> she's got she's off a flight long. this morning from Singapore, flew into the Gold Coast at what, 6:30? 7:30? Yeah, 7. So, mm. yeah, so now it's three hours later and she's sitting here and had to endure the Gold Coast to Brisbane traffic as well. Mm. And then has mm. eight hours of rehearsals this afternoon. So, yeah. so she's been over in Thailand. living the
3: dream. Yeah, like and I have just been
1: discussing. I said I've been to Thailand, and then Melinda said she'd been to Thailand. (laughs) It's a bit of a Thailand (laughs) off. It wasn't Thailand. She's going back to Thailand (laughs) at the end of this month. She'll not be outdone. Not
3: will not be, be outdone. Out <laughs> I will not be outdone. Okay, Michelle, let's start with you. It might seem like a simple question, but how do you start a theatre company? Because I'm sure it's not that straightforward. I mean, we've or all put it... on a
1: play in the lounge room, but I think it's a bit more than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was pretty really really good at too in my time. <laughs>
2: so have
3: I. I was good at that when I was young. Okay, tell us.
2: You're right, it's not that simple a question. (laughs) You're not like, go and put
1: a show together and come back, will (laughs) you? Yeah,
2: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Look, really, I guess what happened was it started with us just talking about the idea that always when we started Performance Studio, we knew that the kids that came through there, we wanted to be able to see them flourish in the industry as they got older. So I guess we've always been thinking about what's going to happen now, all these gorgeous, talented people who've graduated Where are they? What are they doing? And I guess from there it kind of made us start talking about it and then obviously Josie was still living in my house so I kind of had one of those actors nearby.
3: Yeah, so there was a daily Um, reminder because of the need. quite a
1: a stepping stone, isn't there, Mm. That like that from the end of their training and then landing their roles... To create more opportunity
2: Absolutely. in that gap. Absolutely. Is and COVID didn't really help those opportunities. So no. for the last couple of years, you know, it was really sad to see a lot of places go under and people not be able to offer those opportunities. So while there was lots happening in film and TV, there wasn't as much happening in theatre. And then our friend Tim, who is our creative director, um, yeah, he and I got talking, I guess, more about it with Josie and and Michelle Hart, our, um, my business partner. Our business partner, Jess. <laughs> and, yeah, from there we just went, you know what, it's not an easy road. It's certainly not a money-making road, but it's okay. it's a great way to give young people those opportunities. And, and also, like, you know, you were saying before, we just feel really strongly about telling stories. So, yeah, yep. And that there's still not enough platforms to tell those stories stories. So So
3: what is a production company?
2: You're talking to us you know we're not kind of sophisticated highbrow.
1: No. We do like a bit of theatre. We do. We are a bit highbrow sophisticated theatre goers (laughs) but we are your kind of layman theatre people.
3: Yeah because you I mean do you have an office and what do you do like day to day in the day to day or week to week running of yeah offside theatre like what does that involve?
2: Well really To get it started, it's just about finding a production that you want to put on. Obviously, as the producers in in a company, you're the one who finds the money to put that up and then gets together a creative team that's going to be part of it. So I guess then you come out with, okay, what are we actually going to produce? Like what play in this case do we want to put on? Great. And that's where Hannah Moscovich's play, Sexual Misconduct of the Middle Classes, came into it. Tim, Josie and I again had sat and talked about that and just loved her story and felt strongly about, yeah, without giving away too much about it, but about that that story just has such great meaning and it was like just t- talking about power and, the you know, the, the battle that goes on. So let's just step back a moment. How did you come across her, Hannah? So again, actually Melbourne Theatre Company first Okay. They, they had the Australian premiere, so she's Canadian, Hannah, mm-hmm. and Melbourne Theatre Company did the first Australian production of Sexual Misconduct last year. Mm-hmm. And then Belvoir Street Theatre, which is a Sydney-based theatre company, mm-hmm. they continued it using Melbourne's production, so with the same creative team, same cast. Yeah. But it's never been performed in Queensland before, so.
3: Okay, so you took that opportunity to, so, yeah. like, make contact and say
2: we would also, like, so... That's right, I, so we applied for the rights through Hannah's agent in Canada. Right. And so we're doing a, our own production, Offside's production of sexual misconduct, so different to the one that was done by MTC in Belvoir. Okay, um, but yeah, really excited to be able to. So
1: I was wondering when you had the idea of starting the theatre company, was it this production that you went, okay, that's the one, let's do it now? Or did you start the theatre company and then look for something? Or was that the catapulting thing to going, you know what, we've talked about
2: this, this is the opportunity, this is the one? We talked about it first, about starting a theatre company and thought of like different shows, like Josie and I had had many talks about it. Were you going to and-
1: do kind of like a mother-daughter thing? What's that? Um, <laughs> trying to think of that
3: movie. Not if I
2: was going to be in it, no. Dance.
1: Freaky Friday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway.
1: <laughs> I think of the movie, I'll mention it, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Really the catalyst for it was that when Tim went and saw the production in Sydney, I think he saw it, at Belvoir Street, he was very excited by it and went, wow, Josie, you are going to love this. And then, yeah, it was the perfect role too for Josie to play. Great. So that's kind of what made us then go off on that tangent because before that we were looking at other things. But, you know, you know, when you're just trying to work something out, you're like, oh, we're not quite sold yet. Yes. And then and all then you of a okay, it's fallen into place. We read the script and just went, oh, we've got to put wow. this on. This will be amazing. So mm-hmm. that's
1: how we ended up. And Josie, office. did you get to see the performance in Sydney or Melbourne or?
4: So I didn't see it live. Funnily enough, I was in Melbourne when it was on, but I missed it by one day. And the, the day that I was there, it was sold out, the show, so I didn't get to see it. But we we actually watched the recording. They have Melbourne Theatre recorded a few shows and while they were collaborating with Belvoir, they actually recorded sexual misconduct so it was available for us to screen oh. at home. So I have seen the play. And were you mm. super
1: excited once you yeah, saw it? Yeah,
4: I loved it. I, so I read it first. I'd read it a few times before I saw it and I loved it just from reading it and then, of course, seeing it come to life is always exciting as well. So exciting. Do you see part of your role
3: as that finding the new material that you'll be using?
4: Yeah, definitely. I think that's been a big part of us as producers and then I've kind of taken on board a bit of creative direction as well with Tim and definitely finding the work that we think fits with us and with our creative team has been a big part of it. Yeah.
1: For sure. Yeah, awesome. So without giving too much away, what is it about?
4: I think the main premise of the story is about the misuse of power,
1: like Melinda
4: here in the studio today.
1: <laughs> yeah. yes, I am exactly. the all-powerful,
4: <laughs> almighty. <laughs> <laughs> it is obviously the story uh, based on the story of a romance between a lecturer and a student. The age-old story, so, it's, yeah, Mrs. That's, Robinson.
2: That's that really that's what the thing that I guess we loved about it the most is that you think you're watching the age-old story of, you know, university professor who has an affair with a young student in a red coat that he's attracted to. And then when you, you really realise that, like, without giving too much away, that the 19-year-old Annie, who's the character that Josie plays, she's actually obsessed with who he is as a writer. So she is thinking, wow, he's so amazing. He's such a great writer. He's so talented. That's where her interest is coming from. Yep. But that's not where his interest, obviously. He has Uh, misread. So so many blurred lines. So
3: she has less sexual attraction for him. He has more sexual attraction for her, but her interest and her attraction to him is his knowledge and his skills and skills. Is that what you mean? Yeah, Yeah, I think... (laughs) Inappropriate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, what is happening to me today?
1: <laughs> What's happening to me? Not both in of my a game artists. today. Sorry, ladies. to <laughs> <laughs> think I've flown in from Koh Samui? <laughs> 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 I
4: love it. But yes, yes it is mm. that that idea, and then how that power, the position that he's in, how that can be misused, and yeah, the blurred
2: lines of that relationship. And the the story, my understanding is that Hannah, when Hannah wrote the play, it was, she was actually in the process of writing it pre the Me Too era, mm. but it didn't actually come out until mm. post Me Too. And then, <clears throat> yeah, when you see it, which we look forward to welcoming. Yeah. You yeah. Yes. Yeah. So excited. Um, you'll, you will see, you go like, oh, wow. Like, and there's just a, a real twist to it that you You don't see coming, Mm. but it's when you actually start to realise how much that powerful position. Mm. Well,
1: and I think that also from a timing perspective, the dynamic is an interesting one because, I mean, we've just seen the catastrophic consequences in the trial, conviction and sentencing of the teacher Chris Dawson Mm. Mm. and, you know, for the murder of his wife in order to be with his teenage lover. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. that story was so fascinating. And there was a podcast around it and then the podcast around the trial, which was yeah. really well, an insight I was into oh, yes. I was
2: what, was yeah. what was
1: going on
3: yeah, in, totally. in the middle class. Yeah. That
2: You know, um, and
1: that was a time
3: that you, yeah, Well, mind-blind. no one spoke up and that was really mm. evident in the... Have you um, listened to it, Josie, at all? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So... You know, the women, her friends, Lynette Dawson, actually she's now being referred to as Lynette, uh, her, um, her maiden name, yep, which has escaped me right at the moment. But anyway, they didn't speak up at the time and that was really indicative of 1980s, you know, suburban... Mm. life, mm. you know, whereas now women are far more empowered to yes. speak up, mm. you know, when they're, when there is violence and, you know, emotional and physical abuse at home. Mm. It's a very different world. So it's a different, really different absolutely. world. But that dynamic, that teacher-student dynamic is at the centre of the play, but we're also now living in that post Too era. So how does this take shape within the play without giving too much away?
4: Yeah, I think it is hard to not give away much about the story but I in the post Me Too era that we are all living in now I think the prevalence of this story and how important uh stories like this being told are is is really blatantly clear when you read the script and I, I hope it is for audiences when they see the play in the reality of how it's It's still such an issue. Mm. It's interesting, Josie. It hasn't
1: just gone away. Yeah. Being Mm -hmm. a young actress Mm. and heading into Mm. the industry with all of the stories of the Me Too and that kind of stigma that's attached to it,
4: Mm. does
1: it make you nervous or does it just make you more aware of like how do you feel about it? I think... Do you hear any stories
4: of it still happening? Yeah. absolutely, Absolutely. And I think that... Exactly what you said is it's more aware more than anything. Like yeah. I certainly don't fear. I, I've never been in a position of discomfort or I, I feel like a lot of people are just a lot more aware and there is a heightened awareness, which is a good thing. I think it needs Gosh, yeah. to be that way to then eventually balance out and hopefully that's just a given. Yes. But unfortunately, yeah, I still have heard not personal anecdotes but from other people, um, stories. Uh, Well, it's good that they're talking about it. Mm -hmm.
2: And even things have changed so much on set and... On, in um, theatre, like at rehearsals, mm, how's that? There's, well, there's now intimacy coaches. Like you would never yes. have oh, yes. a sex scene or an intimate scene without an intimacy coach yeah. in the room oh, and I making sure that. that both people, both parties are feeling yeah. comfortable. Is it okay to put your hand there? Is it okay to touch them here? Like mm-hmm. all of that now is done with a, a lens over it, making mm. sure that everybody's comfortable, which has and, come about since the Me Too. And I think okay. that's the thing. It's the knowledge And the awareness,
1: and then therefore, a lot of the opportunity isn't there anymore because people are heads up. You know, it's not like I'll come to my office. You know, we do a casting at seven p.m. Oh, sorry. You know, oh yeah, assistant, you can go home. All that sort of. Oh, Harvey Weinstein.
3: Just doesn't happen. Exactly exactly what he used to do. They. um, The first time I heard about an intimacy coach was reading sort of behind the scenes stuff about Bridgerton. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. And that's season one because they had some seriously steamy scenes, mm, those yeah. two, and they had an intimacy coach. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Which was fascinating to me. Mm. But it worked. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> Works for me, duh. I think we
3: both had a conversation about yes. that, didn't we? Yes. Had a couple of those scenes that we quite liked. Replay, yes, <laughs> exactly.
2: well, like,
3: mind you, there's nothing like seeing it the first time, is yes.
2: yeah. He did just get voted the best looking guy in the world, didn't he? <gasps> oh, oh no did he? Did he?
3: <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Anything else? So you mentioned the intimacy coach, but is there anything else that you see in theatre and in productions that has been, that
4: has changed since the Me Too movement? I think the main thing is just the types of stories that are coming to light and are being greenlit and are being produced and women are being funded to tell the stories that just was certainly not the case, even in terms of female writers and playwrights and one-woman shows, like that just wasn't a thing. Mm. Yes. It's almost like
1: the women are now empowered in the industry. (sighs) Absolutely. And there's so many more female... Producers, production companies, yay! Yeah. I, yes, mm, it's yeah. exciting. No, it's it very is exciting. so good. Yes. Trish and you I, know, you look at the the Drew Barrymores and um, oh, absolutely. What's her name? Legally um, Blonde. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. Wittes- Wittes- you Wittes- know, Wittes- 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 all of those power players that are just going, okay, we want to tell women's stories, and mm. this is how we want mm. to tell them. Well, we just went and saw the musical Six.
4: Oh, so, so fun! Yeah, isn't loved it. Great, it.
3: And, and you would have it's seen it. So good. I and the the band were all women as well. It was just.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And even that, like, that's something that has definitely changed is that not even just in those, like, in the roles themselves, but behind the scenes, like, even with Offside, like, the whole creative team are female except for... We have chosen deliberately to have a male director, to have a male perspective. Absolutely. And the lighting designers are male as well. But everybody else, the the stage manager, the set designer is male. as
1: I was saying to you, you know, Mia Friedman, she talks about a female media company for women. Her husband's a CEO and her, Mm -hmm. her son works there as well. So, you know, it doesn't mean that it's not still empowering women. Absolutely. We're, happy, yeah, we'll yeah, they, a, we're happy to give the men a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so. they bring a different perspective. Tim, I don't, mean, I don't mean to downplay your creativity <laughs> or your talent. I am so sorry to you that. know? Flippant remark. You're a brilliant man. Okay, so you describe the play as a two-hander. So
3: that is only two actors. Stop at Trish. <laughs> <laughs> Count to ten. Okay. I imagine that this was deliberately done by writer Hannah Moscovich. To focus I'm I'm just guessing this, but it's to if you've only got two people on the stage, then your whole focus is on those two people rather than being distracted by other characters. Mm. Is that right?
1: Or well, That sounds very brilliant. Well, I am. <laughs> Brilliant. If there's only two people on the stage, is that what you're paying attention to?
3: <laughs> no, but was it, when I she wrote it, sorry. was it deliberate? Did she decide, okay, I'm only going to have two, p- yeah, I know, I deserve a hug. A <laughs> <laughs> not so subtle put down. Um, so, no, but she obviously did yeah, that. I'm sure d- it's
2: Monday morning? <laughs> oh I feel like it might be midnight on Friday night.
3: <laughs> so, no. but because it's a relationship-based story... So if we don't have... Because there could have been other characters. Mm. There could have been yes. other students. There could have been, you know, other professors. Yes, yes. He had, I you know, what con- you
1: mean now. Yeah, thank yes. you. How deliberate Deli- was that? Do you yes. know
3: much about why she chose it or made it a two-hander? No mm-hmm. laughing, Trish.
4: Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I think it definitely is. The story is just the story of Annie and John and their interaction and the progression of their story because it's set over wider period of time okay from the very beginning to the very end of the play so it is definitely yeah the focus is there is their story just the two of them not anyone else's impact on that
1: That I get what you're saying Mel Mm. because potentially that would be a much harder play to write without Mm. having interactions with other people to help frame that story
4: Mm. yeah yeah yeah, Mm. absolutely
1: and yeah good question I'm sorry I was so (laughs) rude I should have remained curious and listened mm. to your question and what you were trying to say, rather than butting in <laughs> with some silly rebuttal. Yeah, I
3: apologise.
2: Um,
1: you hurt my feelings. Well, I'm sorry for that. <laughs> I'm truly
2: sorry for that. It's never my intention. I, I am a behaviour well, we analyst in my other job. Would you like me to? I give think it oh yes. Oh, you yes. we need it today. I, think I think certainly do.
1: So, if you want to hear more about that, we'll be back in a sec. All good, all, all good. JC, so how did you prepare for this role? Was there anything that surprised you about, you know, I guess the last major thing you did was the Baz Luhrmann and and being on a big film set and now it's two actors on a stage. So how do you get ready for that?
4: Yeah, it's been great to be able to transition back into some theatre. Obviously I did a lot when I was at drama school at QUT but I hadn't, really been doing a lot of theatre since then, since I graduated mm. at the end of 2021. 20, so it's been a really nice transition coming back into theatre because there's just something so special about having a script and then being in the rehearsal room and knowing it's going to be with a live audience, especially yeah. this story, because mm-hmm. I think it just has such an impact on audiences. So I'm so excited to, to feel that and be in in that environment mm. again. What's the
1: process? So you start with reading the script. Mm-hmm. Then I imagine, is it reading the script with the other actor in just around a table setting and and then, like, then to the stage? Like, how, yeah. how fast does that progress?
4: So the way we did it with this production is that we... Obviously, I knew that I was going to be cast and then we cast the male actor, Stephen Hurst, who's playing John. And so... Obviously, we'd all read the script by ourselves and then we met together with the creative team. So being us producers and then our assistant director, Tess, our director, Tim and the cast, Steve and I. And we had a script to read. So, yeah, just at a table, literally just us all sitting together, reading the script. And then we've kind of gone away and done like I do all the prep work that I do. For Annie, the rest of the creative team do that for their specific areas and for obviously Steve, for John. And then, yeah, then we start rehearsals in the room. What sort of prep work do you do? What does that entail? It really changes, I think, depending on the production and the director that I'm working with. But for this one, obviously there's a lot of story in the script that's narrated through John's character. So for me it was going through all of that text and kind of breaking all of the parts down that talk about Annie and their story and like creating that timeline okay for me from what's in the script. And then I fill the rest of that with then choices that I've made that aren't super clear by Hannah, like it's okay. kind of been left up to the actor and the Okay the director to do that. So that's a lot of what I've been doing Leading up to rehearsals in the room. You can bring some of your own personal interpretation, as you were saying, like to fill some of those
3: gaps. That's awesome.
1: So rehearsals in the room, that's in the theatre, that the stage
4: is going to be put on. How many, no? No, so we rehearse in a studio that will obviously have mapped out the stage Simmer. and all of the dimensions yes. and everything, but we're not actually in the theatre until we bump in for Tech Week. Okay. The week so how many show. times on the actual stage
1: will you run through before the performance opens?
4: Probably not
2: many. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's a
4: really tight turnaround. Mm-hmm. We we bump
1: in I on the Monday. Because I guess that's all cost, extra cost, isn't it? Yeah. yeah
2: and
4: significant.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, it, and it's what's the norm, like yeah. the norm for it blows my mind. Yeah, you know? how they do it, yeah. how quickly. incredible. Remembering um, the lines, all of that. Absolutely. Mm. So, you know, so much work goes in by the actual Brilliant. actors yeah. In yeah. prior yeah. to time, time learning the script before wow. they even end up mm. in the rehearsal room. And then, yeah, it's a two and a half week Rehearsal time turnaround.
1: Yep. It's so fascinating, the behind the scenes, that mm. we just kind of show up and... We just show yeah, up and, and get the and you know the both benefits. And said after seeing the Six the other night, like, their choreography, their timing, mm-hmm. their... Mm. Script was just
3: spot on.
1: Spot on. Yeah, Didn't a miss a beat. Show. Yeah, it is a very tight show, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe. I'm curious about seeing the... myself in one of those roles if I could have <laughs> yeah. been a singer years ago. I think <laughs> I we both it. We it off. did,
3: and we we had a bit of I a crack I at was, singing. I think I would
1: have been Anne Boleyn. <laughs> Everyone wanted to be Anne Boleyn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, so. she's the most famous. Yeah. So
3: there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one knows Catherine Parr. <laughs> I'll be her. (laughs) Yeah. She survived. Um, So I'm curious about the focus on the middle classes or the middle class, sorry. Why do you think or do you know why, Hannah, is it just because it rhymes or because, you know, you're talking about a student and a professor who occupy that level of
2: society or... Do you mean why do you think that that's what she's named it, sexual misconduct of the middle classes?
3: Yes. And obviously there is a, a focus on middle class or is there... Or maybe not. I don't know. What
2: yeah, do you think? Yeah, I, I, my interpretation of that would be that, yeah, it's that the middle classes are the they're privileged people who are going to university um, yep. So you know, like even Annie would be a fairly privileged yep. Yep. young nineteen-year-old to be at the university mm. with this professor, who is obviously you know living his middle-class right mm. life. So it helps with, with context with and wife. setting, doesn't it? Because mm. you
3: then you immediately imagine a middle-class setting, middle-class background. Yeah, okay. and I
2: don't know if um, if you'd read like in some of the information about the play that John has been married three times. You know, so it's, mm, that, yep. it's that, he's that middle-aged, right, married yep. and divorced three times like yep. or in the process of separating yep. from the third mm. wife. Like it's that. Okay. Is it also kind
1: of, when I hear that, I kind of think that people still see, you know, like the middle class or even using the world class, word class is kind of like, you just don't expect that this stuff is happening. Mm. You know, even still in this day, Mm. even the reference to the word class or something is like, this is the stuff that does happen, but because it's middle class, it kind of feels like. More shocking.
3: Yeah, I Mm. think so.
1: Just some sort of innuendo there that. Yeah,
3: potentially. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'd be fascinated to know, to Mm. be honest with you.
3: Yeah. Mm.
2: And still just that power imbalance that happens at that level, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, most definitely. So tell us then how and where we can get tickets to yes. see the play. We want to know when where it's is on, it on and yeah, the, when, how, how do we get tickets? That's
1: the exciting yes. part. Okay, yes. let's go. <laughs> yeah. So let's Get on. out there and support the women, ladies. Yeah, yeah so,
2: Please, this is please great. do. we yes. love, love it. Um so it's on at Metro Arts Theatre, which people who are from Brisbane would remember Metro Arts Theatre used to be in the city for years and years in an old building. In the same street as the Victory. I can't remember what the name of that street is. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the Victory from you, people who aren't locals in Brisbane, (laughs) is a very uh, infamous watering hole of the 80s, 90s and now.
3: Correct. Yeah. I don't know why, but I'm thinking the corner of Edward and Elizabeth Street. (laughs)
1: No,
2: it's in the valley. I think you're valley. right. Is it? No, I think you're right. Oh, no, I no, I think you're mm. right. oh I'm wrong. Mm, I think yeah. Oh, yes, I know the mm. one now. I think I might have missed it. It's getting mixed
1: to... up with the Wickham. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's a very different one, Tracy. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay, so Metro Arts <laughs> so Theater, It is now moved recently and it is a fantastic space, mm, isn't it, Josie? Beautiful. Like, absolutely beautiful. In the new West Village in West End. Oh, okay.
1: yes, that's stunning. Oh, yes, we've been mm, there. Yes.
2: Trish. So, yeah, yep. really beautiful space and so very exciting to be playing there. Yep. So it um, is a very short run of five shows opening on the 15th of February. Okay. And then, yeah, it runs through... So there's five shows, Wednesday evening, Thursday evening, Friday evening, Saturday matinee at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, just a nice one too, and Saturday night. Yes.
1: That is so exciting. And tickets. Where do we buy tickets?
2: So you can go to the Metro Arts website. Um, You can obviously also go to Offside Theatre. Instagram page, there's a link to the tickets. Yes. And on our website as well. And,
4: on our website. and then under what's on at the Metro Arts Excellent. website. Excellent.
1: And we'll put links to those tickets in our show notes and on our socials as well. Writing that's super furiously exciting. as we speak. Yes. <laughs> I was in charge of that. Yeah. She's a very clever lady and I'm really sorry
4: for being rude to her.
1: <laughs> <really. laughs> <laughs> I'll oh, have anxiety about oh, that later. No. And be
3: apologising no, to no. her all day. Do not have anxiety because I'm perfectly fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all good. Okay. So now I'm always in charge of the kind of, you know, as we know, the highbrow, intellectual type of questions. But (laughs) Josie, we mentioned earlier that you were on the set of Elvis Mm -hmm. and in the Elvis movie. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a huge shot. Josie's face only takes up the whole screen in one of the first concerts. (laughs) I get so excited. (laughs) And um, so... I guess what we need to know is who did you get to meet? What was it like? Give us some goss.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it was an amazing set to be on. I mean, Austin Butler? Yeah, what a guy. (laughs) No, (laughs) Hot? Yeah, a very good looking guy, but lovely, lovely person as well. Everyone on the set. It was amazing because it was during COVID, it was during lockdown, and no one was doing anything. And then somehow I got to go to work every day at the studios and we wore these masks and made it work to be able to do it the whole time. It was it was really, really incredible. The whole set, the atmosphere there, it was pretty special. And yeah. Baz
1: Luhrmann, did you yeah. have much interaction with yeah, him? Yeah,
4: yeah. It was a lot of time on set, so a lot of time with Baz and he is quite the mastermind. He and his wife, his wife. CM, who is also mm. the actual brand. I could imagine. But a
3: huge The woman behind the, girl. the man. Yeah.
4: yeah. We what run the world. Because she's a girl. Because yeah. she's a girl. <laughs> we love that. But truly, she is, mm. yeah. Force, Josie, are you too young to, to remember
1: with? her outfit that she wore, wore oh. to the Oscars when they were up for a... Lo- uh, Loki? Logie. <laughs> 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 when they were up for the gold no, Logie. <laughs> <no. laughs> <laughs> for the Oscar for Moulin <laughs> Rouge,
4: I think yes. what? Oh, oh, it was. Oh, I do know the outfit. I, I yeah. was too young at the time, but I know... The American Express. Yeah, was. That, was, that was amazing.
1: Believable. Yeah. Yeah. So creative! What She's a creative, incredible. incredible. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I remember your mum telling me about that you were actually on the Ferris wheel with Tom Hanks yeah. and who was it?
4: Yeah, and Austin
1: and Austin. Oh, For, stop. for how long? This is
4: great. Like, oh. yeah, like sitting on like three days. <laughs> yeah, it was for hours. It was because we were we were doing a night shoot out the back of like I don't even know where it was. I I seriously don't know Pimpama or something. <laughs> And they set up, it was the carnival scene and they built this carnival out on someone's property. And yeah, there's a shot where it's quite huge in the movie where the colonel asks Elvis if he's ready to fly and he says yes. And then that's kind of when his career starts taking off. And that was, yeah, shot on the Ferris wheel that I was, like my character was just happened to be there and it was kind of an over the shoulder from my perspective, in the shot of yeah. of the Colonel and Elvis, but it did mean that yeah I was on the Ferris wheel at three a.m. for hanging with five them or so literally, <laughs> and literally like just in wow. the air because oh. they just stopped the Ferris wheel and then. Oh. We would just sit there and then shoot again and then sit there. What an <laughs> amazing opportunity. Yeah, that's incredible. And like just like chitter
1: chat in between. Yeah, yeah.
4: Tom Hanks was asking her about restaurants to go to. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. telling me about his beach walks out the front of the Oracle every morning that he'd go on. Because yep. he had a pretty good deal that he didn't come into set until like 9 o'clock every day when yep. everyone else would be there at 3 a.m. or mm. whatever time. Mm. So, yeah, no, they were lovely. And mm. the same with Austin. Obviously it's interesting because Austin was a is a method actor us. So the whole time, even though you talk to him as though it was Austin, just talk to him like normal, but he was Elvis, Elvis in character. Time. So, you know, That's he's super cool, cool. Baby. cool Baby. like flirty, Elvis. Yeah, but, wow. Yeah, so it was a really interesting environment. So Michelle and I are like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is so
1: awesome,
3: yeah. so
4: amazing.
1: It was very cool. Yeah. So, Josie, on that now, I I really do believe that you're going to be the next Margot Robbie. Um, mm. So, so when you. you are, yeah. The next question is: Will you come back and Mm. be? (laughs) Will you remember us? Don't give the 15th. Can we have some huge exclusive before Mm. you give it to the world? Yes. And then we might go viral. We will go viral
3: then. When you go viral, we'll go go viral. Okay. Okay. Thank you, promise, Josie. Thank you, promise. Heard
4: it here first. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to hear
1: something first.
3: Yeah. yeah, it's actually time for our wrap-up questions, and we've changed it's them because a little bit. we've been oh. so
1: slick today, oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> unlike our usual uh, chat. So we're going mm-hmm. to change things up a bit with this wrap-up question. So let's start with you, Michelle. So, what are the things you wish you knew before you started a production company?
2: Oh wow! <laughs> Where do I start? Uh, how to run a production company? How <laughs> much? Yeah. How much it how costs? Much it costs. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, Probably wish I knew, yeah, a little bit more about why people go. Oh, it's a hard slog. You won't make any money. <laughs> but anyway, you who did knows? it Anyway, you who didn't knows? let it stop you. We're not you. doing it for the money. No, We're doing it to advocate mm. for young actors. Yeah, well yeah, done. Yeah, which
3: is exceptional. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely love that. And Josie, is there any advice you would give other young hopefuls about to launch into the entertainment industry?
4: Oh gosh, obviously it's advice for myself as well, isn't it? But I think the biggest thing that I've realised over the last few years is probably no matter how many times people tell you there's not enough work and that it's so hard and you don't make money, how important it can be to create your own work, which is obviously what we've really tried to start doing with this production company to be able to do that for other emerging artists and just Queensland based artists because we are so lacking so I guess the biggest thing I would just say cutting it down a bit is just to don't be afraid to find ways to curate and create your own work whether that's in, in writing or making short films or producing things, whatever facet that is within the entertainment industry, there's always work, there's always room for people to create their mm. own
3: work. So that's that abundance mentality and it it's is. also yeah. reminding people to think outside the square, isn't it? Yeah. So if the, if there's work not falling into your sort of area of expertise or whatever you want, like look further and create your own opportunities. Oh, that's fantastic. It,
1: always it's going to happen. Somebody is going to get that job and mm. why not be you? you yeah. Know? one day it's a stats game you just got to keep keep at the numbers Mm. a bit like a podcast really oh yes yes Yes. yeah Mm -hmm. that's right another cash cow
3: (laughs) 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 so that's it from us today if you would like to know more about these two remarkable women we have got lots of links that we will put in our show notes. And don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at don'tgivea50 and email us at hello at don'tgivea50.com.au. And go check out our website because it's new and we are still very excited about it. We were when it started and we we're still right, are. Yes.
1: Yeah. Go and join up, subscribe. Mm. Don't know what it means yet, but please do it. We're working on it. Work.
3: We're working on it, 50 issues, <laughs> And also, very importantly, if you've got a moment, leave us or send in a review and definitely send in suggestions of topics. That you would like us to chat about here yeah, on the podcast. And if you would
1: like to be a guest, there's a form yeah. on the website to fill in.
3: If you've got a fascinating story or a fascinating friend like Trish, you know, Runa, really helpful. <laughs> yeah. If he's got a like daughter, this, Josie, who's got he's a daughter really Josie,
1: he's really talented,
3: <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Let us know,
1: okay? Friend of a friend of a friend.
3: We love that. Absolutely. Remember gorgeous 50-ishers, life is for living. Don't give a 50 because we're all 50 and awesome regardless of age and living and ageing is an absolute privilege and just being awesome is our right.
1: Thank you so much, ladies, for coming in. Thanks, Josie. Thank you. And Thanks, oh, we right wish on. you all the oh best my with the production. So looking forward to it. Ladies, get behind it. Go see t- it. I'm
3: thrilled for both of you. I, I just think this is c- just yeah. completely awesome. It's so good. Yeah, we're like there that. with you every step of the way. Oh. We're coming.
4: Thank you. We're coming Ladies. to see it. <laughs> we'll see you
3: there. Yeah, unreal. <laughs> Take care. Thanks for coming. Bye.
1: <laughs>